0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Yes. What is up everybody? And welcome to this emergency podcast of Kay I'm filling in for LME, Jimmy Conrad. I'm here with Ben Jacobs, our breaking news expert. Here at CBS Sports, and I just have to say, for the record, Ronald Koeman just got sacked from Barcelona. Unbelievable scenes. We didn't know if it was going to happen for sure or not, but it is official, and this emergency pod starts right now. What's up, everybody? Wow, Jimmy Conrad, as I mentioned, along with Ben Jacobs. Ben, give me your initial thoughts on Ronald Koeman getting sacked. Everybody thought it was a possibility, but now it
2: is a reality. How are you feeling? Well, first of all, you're sounding way too happy and animated for somebody (laughs) wearing a Barcelona shirt. That's the first thing to let right out there from the word go. I think that it's been coming, and ultimately Falcao always scores against Barcelona, did it again for Vallecano, having done it on many occasions for Atleti. And it's the final straw, the fixture coming off the back of El Clasico, which not only did Barcelona lose, but the manner they lost it, and the record that they equaled on their worst run of Clasicos since 1935-1936. Add those two together with the performance and the loss against Atleti for which Kuman was suspended... And pressure was piling on. There was a fan revolt. He got the dreaded vote of confidence, of course, from the management team at Barcelona. And that usually leads to a sacking as well. They've acted swiftly and I think straight after this defeat, because it came so soon after a disappointing Classico, the writing was unfortunately on the wall for Kuman. Yeah, not only
1: did they lose four straight Colascos, like you mentioned, for the first time since the 60s, but this is the first time they lost to Raya Vallecano in 19 years. So the, the records, or the negative records for for Koeman, were stacking up. Now, do you have a sense, do you feel for him, though, a little bit? Because he was actually doing pretty well with the Dutch national team. Barcelona came and gave him the old SOS. Please, we need some help. a former player that actually was a tremendous player for us. Come back and help us, please. And, and he couldn't refuse. But he arrived during a financial crisis, probably the worst they've ever gone through as a club in their history. Then their best player ever leaves. You know, he doesn't really have much over that. Then he's got Laporta, the president now, who took over for Bartomeu. He's trying to fix up this whole mess. Is always constantly like, we're probably going to sack him. We're probably going to sack him. I mean, that is just what he walked into was a bit of a dumpster
2: fire. And Well, he leaves it a dumpster fire. Do you feel for Ronald Koeman at all here? I do. And I feel for him because Barcelona's strategy is, in times of crisis, to turn to legends. And that's why Xavi will be linked to replace kuman And although he carries experience and weight from, as you've alluded to, his time with the Dutch team, he inherited a mess. There was no strategy. It was a Messi-centric team. There was the Messi drama and ultimately, that is very distracting as a manager in two ways. First of all, because you're inheriting a team where you have to build around an aging player. Yes, a world class player, but there still needs to be a legacy and a strategy in your recruitment. And that wasn't there at Barcelona. And then he gets ripped from the football club and suddenly you've got to rebuild and you've got to win a number of battles. You've got to win one, the battle on the football field, obviously, but then you've got to win the PR battle with the fans. And as a former player, you would think that they'd be a bit more patient with him. But when you looked at the scenes after El Clasico and the fans were gathering outside of his car, it was almost pitch, fork, status or territory And at that point, you knew that club legend or not, the fans were not on his side. So he has to win that PR battle and then he has to win the battle around the politics of the football club in order to get who he wants, the finances that he wants at the same time, as you've alluded to, that this football club is completely and utterly broke. It's hemorrhaging cash. And at the same time, we're still basically, from a football sense anyway, even though from a health perspective, we're coming out of it, in the midst of a pandemic as well. So Barcelona are in big, big trouble. And there's probably nobody that could have come in without Messi and immediately turned things around. But unfortunately, bad for Barcelona is second or third, and they're mid-table at the moment. And that on the field is what's been on undoing.
1: Yeah, from what I understand, it's going to cost them $12 million pounds to sack or 12 million euros to sack Kuhn, but they could lose more if they don't qualify for the Champions League obviously right so there's still some other things they have to put in place and if Kuhn wasn't winning over the fans obviously and when I when I hear from some of my fans or friends that are diehard Barcelona fans they're like this coach never takes responsibility or accountability for any losses he he blames injuries bad finishing blames the youngsters bad luck the older players the lack of signings I mean he's got every excuse in the book and I think that's why the fans were starting to get a little unsettled because he never actually took responsibility for himself. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of Frank de Boer a little bit. They're both Dutch. I don't know, Ben. I'm just throwing that out there. But, but uh, with regard to you saying who's going to take this job or who wants it now, I mean, you bring up Xavi, but for me, I'm a bit of a, I don't know, I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic. I don't think Xavi can exist, exist without Iniesta. I need to see Xavi and Iniesta co-managing this team. I feel like that's the only way forward. Who takes this job at this point? We're seeing Xavi linked. I think he's two to one with the bookmakers. I see Andrea Pirlo, Roberto Martinez. I actually think a great smart hire would be Eric Ten Hag. But because he's such a smart manager, there's no way he's touching this job. And it's another Dutch manager. I don't know if they're ready for (laughs) another Dutch manager. Where are you leaning with regard to this?
2: Yeah, I think they're going to move away from the Dutch. That's for sure. (laughs) It's only because the fans haven't warmed to the Dutch, unfortunately. And as you can see, Fabrizio says that Xavi is the favourite, and that's the case with the bookies as well. I know Xavi relatively well. I've spoken to him on a number of occasions when I was working out in Doha with Al Jazeera and be in sports. And Xavi had always said, even before Koeman, that he felt the job was a bit too soon for him. Mm -hmm. Now, it may be easier to follow Kuman given the circumstances, and from his perspective, not walk into a club that has Messi. And this season, with plenty still to play for, you could come in as Xavi now and just qualify for Champions League, try and get out of trouble in the current Champions League and be seen this season to do quite a decent job. And the irony of it all, if you're Xavi, is that you will get the fans, because of who you were as a player for that football club, back on your side, even though that is what Kuman should have had from day one because they're both legends of the club. But Xavi is of that magical legendary status And Koeman somehow, maybe it's a slight generational thing, isn't quite on the same plane, which to me is ridiculous because they were both world-class legendary players for that football club. But Xavi is almost untouchable. He's magical. And if he comes in as a manager, he should be given a bit more time. But in fairness, we said that about Pirlo at Juventus as well. And farcically... Pirlo is also up there amongst the favourites. There's no way I think that Pirlo will be seriously considered because of how things panned out at Juventus, but he's up there too. Martinez, a tactician, but hey, hands off, he's with CBS now, so let's try and rule (laughs) him out of the equation as well. But I think Xavi will be linked, and my understanding is that Xavi wants this job. It's a case of does he take it if offered it out of opportunism, or does he still accept that he doesn't quite have enough experience? And then another name that I think you'll see linked is Antonio Conte as well, who I actually think of all of the people that we've discussed so far in terms of experience, passion, strategy, defensive discipline. He would be the best fit, in my opinion, as a manager. But again, Barcelona aren't just looking at a manager. They're looking at potentially a personality and an affinity with the football club. And that's why Xavi's the favourite.
1: Yeah, it's great insight. I also feel like it would be interesting for Xavi to come back and then he inherits a team that has some of his former teammates that we could argue need to move on. Is he the right guy to help kind of ease them off to greener pastures? I'm talking PK Busquets, who got his pocket pick today, which led to the goal that Falcao scored. I just want to mention, too, Memphis Depay missed a penalty in this one. And I would argue that it's almost better that Barcelona lose now instead of having this cummin is he the right guy? Is he not the right guy thing? Kind of floating around for a couple of weeks because you're just doing enough to get results. Just get him out of there. Bring somebody else in, in my humble opinion. But but they're still relying on players that aren't performing. You have enough talent, we could argue, on the field to obviously uh, beat Raya Vallecano. Coutinho wasn't very good today. You got Sergio Dest, who I love, but I, I think he's better as a wing back than he is as an out-and-out winger, playing winger. Aguero has played, as I mentioned, Busquets got his pocket picked. Uh, Eric Garcia, even though he was solid, still, I don't know if he's, he's not the Pugliel guy that I think that they need. He's a little soft in my humble opinion. Jordi Alba is another older guy. I, I wonder when Javi says, I'll take the job, what he's going to do. Where do you start with this team? Because I feel like they need help in every single area, Ben.
2: I think you're absolutely right. And you make an excellent point about Busquets. And when you think of him as a footballer, words come to mind like reliability, positivity in possession, Tenacity, calmness, and somehow elements of those adjectives have gone from his play now. And there's no spine in the defensive midfield. There's no box to box energy anymore. And there's players out of position, Desk being a good example of that. The goals have dried up. And you can look at Viacarno, even Classico, but. some of the performances before that I already mentioned the away two 0 defeat to Atletico Madrid Mm -hmm. and in the Champions League where you've got kind of less scope for error and you're going to be more exposed defensively Barcelona have just looked really really flat and poor and clueless at times and Benfica is the best example of that. Yes, they had Eric Garcia sent off, but only in the final few minutes. And they were 3-0 down by that time. They'd given away a penalty. They'd conceded early through Nunes. Silva had got a goal in that game too. And there was no structure to the team or the lineup. And I think in that game, they played a 3-4-1-2. And Pedri was kind of hovering behind Depay and De Jong. And there was no balance to the side. And another player off the boil is Roberto as well on the right-hand side. And then even Pique, you have to start questioning, which sounds a scandalous thing to say. But Mm -hmm. if we're planning longer term for Barcelona rather than just this season then whoever comes in has to be able to deal and clear out some of those names. Not all of them, but some of them. And perhaps staggered and slowly with smart recruitment. So then with Xavi, you're saying two things. One, despite his name, does he actually have the ability to go out there and bring in those big replacement names? And then two, as a tactician, what's he going to do with these squad members that need motivating and given structure and day on day, how is he going to mentor them? And I think he'd be good in the mentoring sense and the coaching sense. That's what he's been working on in Doha, but he's so new to the management and coaching game that I think it'd be very difficult to walk in and bring in the right names and have them gel together at such a politicized club and with such a big squad full of egos. Okay. So talk to me then,
1: because we've seen this with Frank Lampard where a club legend comes in, you think he's ready to take over the job. He does pretty well, and then as he inherits a a little bit more of a stronger team, brings in a Timo Werner and a Kai Havertz and and a Ziyech and and all these players to really strengthen the squad, he's still saying publicly, if you remember this, we're not good enough yet to win a trophy. And then he gets fired and Tuchel comes in and actually wins the Champions League, which puts uh, unfortunately puts him to shame, uh, Frank Lampard, So what I want to know from you is if Xavi comes in or another club legend, how much leash do do they get? I guess let's just talk about Xavi. I think he's still the heavy Mm -hmm. favorite. He's still got to work out a termination contract with Al Saad to to probably even have this opportunity to, to leave to go to Barcelona. I'm sure that's a possibility. I'm sure they could work that out. But how much of a leash do you think a legend like Xavi would get knowing that Frank Lampard got about 18 months before people were starting to turn on him like he's not the guy, which is crazy to think about when a player... When, when, the, when they were players, had given so much to the club?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, Jimmy. Just briefly on the exit clause, Xavi was brought over to Al Saad as part of a broader deal where he is also a Qatar 2022 ambassador and the financials mm-hmm. behind what lured him over there are split and as a consequence because he'll remain a Q22 ambassador there'll be leeway for him to exit back to this particular role and still have an affinity out in the Middle East. And my understanding is in terms of clauses in his contract, there was always an exit clause to go back to Barcelona if presented with the opportunity. So I don't think that there'll be any problem with the exit clause. I do think there'll be a problem with the leash, though, as you put it, because Koeman's used a relatively long leash. And they're not going to fall into a repeat situation. So the leash is long enough that you've almost got a free hit at this season. And the reason I think for that is because if you come in in the next, let's say, two weeks to one month, naturally, you're then going to work towards a window. And there'll be the patience to allow that window to run its course. And then you're at the end of the season. And then I think you have half a season before people realise if it's working or not, which effectively gives him a year, which is plenty of time to find his feet and go through at least two transfer windows. And in the short term, you're looking, as you put it, for that Lampard spike in form. So it would be Alavez up next at home, which is obviously a must win. And then they play Dinamo Kiev away if they're to rescue their Champions League chances as far as the group stage and getting to the knockouts are concerned and then you look at the rest of the fixtures and I don't think that a manager will be in by either Alaves or that away Champions League trip even in early November but then they've got Celta Vigo Espanyol and then trying to get revenge against Benfica and then things start to get a little bit more difficult because it's Villarreal, Betis and then Bayern Munich Mm -hmm. which they may have to win in the final group stage match day if they're actually to get to the knockout stages of that tournament so you need a manager in i would say by late november to give you a run-in to that business end of the champions league group stage but then preparing for the window so xavi would have to make a decision very quickly for me but then i do think he'd be given a year at the football club all of this season almost like a free hit and then the planning in the off-season, and then he would still, in my opinion, have half the season before the club revisited it if things weren't going his way. Okay, it's about 18 months, I think. It's, it's what I'm, I'm picking up what you're
1: putting down. Now, as a counterpoint, this is from our producer, Des. He goes, what if Zidane came in? My mind would melt, I think. I don't even think my mind could comprehend Zinedine Zidane coming over from Real Madrid and helping Barcelona fix their problems. I just don't see that happening, but it's fun to think about. All <laughs> right, so Ben, before I let you go, what is your prediction? What do you think is going to happen with this situation?
2: I think is the hot, hot favorite, and I don't see too many other available or willing options that would trump that, that fall within Barcelona's strategy. And when they look for a replacement because they want the affinity, they want the club knowledge, they want someone that understands the politics, of the football club, and they know that it's a PR win in the short term, a bit like when Juventus got Pirlo in, a little bit like when Chelsea got Lampard in. You sort of can't go wrong in the short term. And whether right or wrong, And it might prove to be the undoing in terms of the long-term fortunes of Barcelona. They are a short-term club at the moment, and they're scrambling for wins on the field and off the field. And Xavi gives them that win off the field and hopefully a turn of fortunes on the field in the short term. And that's why I think they'll go for him. I think if they don't, my prediction would be Conte. I don't see Zidane making the crossover in a million years. But in fairness, what do I know? Because I said that Benitez would never go to Chelsea. Then I said Benitez would never go to Everton. He went to both clubs so there is that opportunity to make the kind of move across and are we going to get a sort of Figo situation where he ends up getting a pig's head thrown at him by making <laughs> the move to Barcelona from Real Madrid who knows but my prediction plain and simple is Xavi is the hot favorite for a reason and I do think that he will be at this stage anyway from the intel in the immediate aftermath I think that he will be the next Barcelona manager if I had to put money on it right now
1: well, there you have it. That is our breaking news expert, Ben Jacobs. Ben, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure, Jimmy. All right, everybody. That was an emergency. K. GolasoPod, Thank you so much for listening. Good luck to Ronald Koeman. I don't know if he's going to get paid or not. Apparently, Barcelona don't pay their SAC managers, so we'll see if he ends up getting that money. And then, everybody, make sure you subscribe. Follow us on YouTube, all the platforms that you get, all your podcasts. You know, hit the buttons, leave some five-star reviews. You know the deal. We'll see you tomorrow for the weekend preview. Later.